Pastor Jonathan. I'm the Family Life Pastor, and whether you're joining us for the first time or you're our, our home folk here in the house or joining us online, we're glad that you're here. Tonight, I have the great privilege of leading us in parent-child dedications. The process of, of doing parent-child dedications comes from a story that we find in the Old Testament. There was a lady by the name of Hannah who wanted to be a mom, and she wasn't able to have children for quite some time. So she went to the temple, she went to the house of God, and she said, Lord, if you'll give me a son, I'll commit him to you. And, and she prayed and she prayed and God heard her prayer. And guess what? She ended up having a son and she named him Samuel. And when he was old enough, she took him back to the temple and she prayed a prayer of dedication to the Lord. And Samuel spent all of his life worshiping God and serving God in the temple. In fact, that's where we get the books of First and Second Samuel. It's from this young boy who committed his life to Jesus, became a man, and he led people into the presence of God. I want you to know that tonight, parents, we have the great opportunity of continuing that tradition in saying to the Lord, thank you for giving us children, and now we return them to you. Because ultimately, our kids don't belong to us. They belong to the Lord. Amen? God desires for us to entrust our kids to Him. But before we get into our message tonight, I want to share with you a couple of ways you know you're a parent. Now, you know you're a parent when band-aids have magical powers. You know you're a parent when you love all of your children equally except the one that sleeps, because you love them even more. All of our young mothers are saying an internal amen to that. They love it when their kids sleep all the way through the night. It's such a blessing. You know you're a parent when one minute you want to be with your child forever, and then the next minute they act up, and you want to sell them or you want to give them away. You know you're a parent when you secretly move up their bedtime when it gets dark earlier because your kids can't tell time. You know you're a parent when they can't find their shoes, they can't find their jacket, they can't remember to brush their teeth, they can't remember to comb their hair, but they can find any small bit of vegetable, onion, tomato, in the sauce, the spaghetti sauce. You know you're a parent. And finally... You know you're a parent when you take a drink at the restaurant and all of a sudden you have regrets because the drink you drank was not yours, it was theirs, and your drink has some texture to it. <laughs> all of us, I hope, I hope, I don't wish that on anyone. That actually happened to me recently and I instantly regretted it. I wasn't paying attention. Parenting is fun, parenting is frustrating, but it's fulfilling. And the truth is that God has a plan and a purpose for our kids. And tonight I want to share with you how we can parent with purpose. Parent with purpose. I want to share with you about a man who parented with purpose. And we find his story in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 10. So I want to invite you to open up your Bibles. I want you to turn on your Westover app. We have notes there provided for you. We're going to look at the life of a man by the name of Cornelius. But before we get into the text, I want to set 
a little bit of the scene for us here in this passage because it's important for us to understand who Cornelius was. Cornelius was a military officer. He was a centurion in the Roman army. And he had been sent actually from Italy over to the country of Israel to provide security for the invasion of the Roman Empire into the nation of Israel. And he actually was a man of significance because most of the time they would just send centurions by themselves, but they actually brought his entire family with him. It's estimated that he, that he managed uh, troops of either 100 or up to 600 people were under his command. And he was a Gentile in a Jewish country. But somewhere along the line, somewhere along the line, God caught Cornelius' heart and he heard about who Jesus was. Maybe it was while he was... Re- doing a security detail for a bunch of people who were listening to Jesus preach. Or maybe he was standing guard when Jesus was being crucified. We don't know. But at some point, this Gentile man heard the gospel message and he did what so many of us have been talking about this entire year is he said, as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. He made that decision. He made that decision. And I want us to look at the life of Cornelius because I think we can learn some important things. But probably the most significant thing for us to realize is that he was one of the first, one of the first Gentiles to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And in fact, his conversion was so significant that God sent an angel not only to tell Cornelius, I see what you're doing And God honors it. But he also gave a dream to the apostle Peter and said, there's this man named Cornelius that you need to meet. He's a Gentile, but I've selected him. He was one of the first Gentiles to accept Jesus. And all of us, we have the opportunity to know Jesus because one man, one man made a decision to follow Christ and that opened up the avenue for us who are Gentiles non-Jewish people, to hear the gospel message. I'm grateful for this man. I'm grateful for his willingness to say, I will serve God. I will accept Jesus in my life and make an impact. So I want you to turn with me to Acts 10, verses 1 and 2. Let's look at what the scripture says about Cornelius. It says, At Caesarea, which is in the country of Israel, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion in what was known as the Italian regiment. He and all his family were devout and God-fearing. He gave generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly. He was a man who devoted his life to Jesus. And I want to share with you three things that we can glean from the life of Cornelius. Three key steps that we can do in our own life so that we can parent with purpose. Number one... Live devoted to God. Live devoted to God. Verse 2 says, He and all his family were devout and God-fearing. Now Cornelius was dutiful to his job, dedicated to his family, but he was fully devoted to Jesus Christ. He had a wholehearted commitment. And what really speaks to me is that his devotion to God was contagious to his entire family. 
He made a decision to follow Jesus. And his devotion to God was contagious to everyone else. The truth is, all of us, we're going to be devoted to something. Some of us are devoted to our work. Some of us are devoted to making money. Some of us are devoted to success and fame. Others of us were devoted to our hobbies, maybe football or basketball. And those things aren't, aren't necessarily bad. But when those things take precedent or are more important than our walk with Christ, they're out of line. Some of us are devoted to a specific sports team, maybe a football team, maybe a basketball team. Some of you are going to celebrate your devotion by watching the Super Bowl. All of us are going to be devoted to something. And I just want to challenge us. Some of us were willing to wear jackets that declare our allegiance to a specific team, but we're very hesitant to carry our Bible to work or to pray publicly in, in prayer to the Lord and, and, and thanksgiving to Him for what He's provided. Our devotion is communicated to everyone around us. Can we choose to be like Cornelius? Can we choose to be unashamed of the gospel? Can we choose to say, as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord? Now, some of you may be here and you may be saying, Pastor, you don't understand. I've had a difficult experience growing up. I didn't have a dad or my dad wasn't there for me. Maybe you had a rough experience, a rough upbringing, and you say, I don't have an example. What I love about the life of Cornelius is this is he didn't have an example either. But he made the decision. He chose to set the example. He said, I will live devoted to God. And we want to encourage you as people of faith to make the decision. Even if you didn't have the example, you still can set the example. You still can live devoted to God. Your kids and your grandkids, their future depends on whether we are willing to say yes to God. We see through the life of Cornelius that one man, one man who made a decision to follow Christ has had wide-reaching impact and we're, off, we're actually a product of his willingness to be faithful to the Lord. We want you to live devoted to God. And all of this year we've been talking about how to build stronger families. We want you to come to weekend services. We want you to hear us here at Wednesday night. But we also want to challenge you to come to the Strong Family Conference. This is our pinnacle moment, parents. This is where God's going to impact our hearts. If you're looking for a transformational experience in your family experience, come to the conference. The beginning of March, Friday evening and Saturday morning, we want you to come. We want to invest in you. Even if you didn't have the example, we want you to live devoted to God. Let's make the decision today to say, God, we will be like Cornelius. We will take the step forward. As an aside, this is the last day of regular registration. We want you to join us. And you can take that step today by texting the words LEVEL UP to the number on our screen. 210-610-2129. We want you to register. We want you to come. Because we want you to get all that God has for you and for your family. We don't want us to be left behind. We want to live devoted to God. The second step that we can take to parent with purpose like Cornelius is to model generosity. 
Verse 2 says, he gave generously to those in need. He was generous. And here's the thing. Not only was he generous to his family, he was also generous to his community. And we have to realize that this is a Gentile man in a Jewish country, and he found a way to be generous. He crossed socioeconomic, racial, and ethnic lines to be generous. And the way we know it is through verse 22 of the same chapter that says, He was a righteous and God-fearing man who was respected by all the Jewish people. The perception in this time was that the Roman Empire was oppressive. They were hard on the Jews. But Cornelius was different. He was generous. He made an impact and he had the respect of the Jewish people. He was willing to cross the, the, the boundary lines. He was willing to be generous to people. Now I learned to be generous from my parents. For you see, I grew up in a very small border town called Roma, Texas. It's about 12,000 people. My dad's a physician, and my mom's a nurse. And the fact is, is that the majority of the people who live there are Mexican-American. But my dad is a white man. And the majority of the people who live there have a very humble experience. In fact, about a third of the people who live there live under the poverty line. And I watched my dad and I watched my mom give of themselves tirelessly to people. They would go on home visits late at night. They would visit people in the hospital. They would give away medical equipment to people. They would provide medical care in exchange for groceries. And sometimes they gave medical care to people who weren't even able to pay because they understood that they were sent there by God to make an impact. I firmly believe that God sent my parents down there. They're not originally from the area, but God sent them down there to be medical missionaries to my hometown. And they still serve God there. They still make an impact, but I will tell you what, their generosity rubbed off on me. I couldn't help but notice their generosity. And my parents are generous. And I've seen them give and give and give, even to the point of, it being difficult for them. But they said, I will give to those who cannot pay me back and believe that God will pick up the tab. That's how God operates. If we're willing to give generously to those who can't pay us back, God will pick up the tab. We have the opportunity to model generosity to the people around us because generous parents raise generous children. Our children will follow what we model they will become what they behold within us. If we are kind, they will be kind. If we are punctual, they might be punctual. We're praying on that. I need your prayers. Our kids, we need to work on that. If we are generous, they will be generous. Someone once said this, do all the good you can by all the means you can, in all the ways you can, in all the places you can, at all the times you can, to all the people you can, as long as ever you can. Parents, let's model generosity. Let's put down our phones and be generous with our kids. Spend time with them. Take them to the park. Turn off the TV and spend time with our spouse, if you have a spouse. 
Give generously in the community. Because generosity opens the door of ministry sometimes to people who have deaf ears. The Roman people at the time in the country of Israel, they had, there was a negative perception, but he, Cornelius, one man, changed the perception of the people in the city of Caesarea because he was willing to be generous. How fitting is it for a Gentile man to be ministering to God's people? What a powerful, powerful example. God desires for us to be generous. Parents, let's be generous. We never know what kind of impact our generosity is going to do in the life of our kids, but also in the lives of the people around us. God has a purpose. The third way for us to parent with purpose is to pray daily for your family. Verse 2 says, He and all his family were devout and God-fearing. He prayed to God regularly. I firmly believe that part of the reason why his family was devout and God-fearing was because he was willing to pray. He was willing to pray. And this word regularly actually means daily and continually. He prayed daily and continually for the things that he encountered. The things that he encountered as a military officer. The things that his family encountered. How he was going to be generous to the people around him. But probably most importantly, he prayed for his family. Cornelius knew that the war we wage for our family starts on our knees. The war we wage for our family starts on our knees. Cornelius was a man of war. He understood military tactics. He knew how to win a war physically. But he knew that there were battles that would only be won on his knees. And he sought the Lord and he prayed and he prayed for his family and all of them came to know Jesus, including his relatives and the people around him. But he prayed for them. He said, I'm going to wage the war for my family on my knees. And God, I believe, is challenging some of us. Some of us are searching for breakthroughs in our family, maybe in our marriage. And what we haven't realized is that the wage, the war we wage to win our family starts on our knees. Parents, if your son is disobedient, pray. If your daughter is disrespectful, pray. If your child is struggling in school, pray. If your teenager is making unhealthy relationship choices, pray. Ask God to break up that friendship. Ask God to break through in your family experience. I saw recently a post by a mom and she was praying for her 18-month to two-year-old son. And this video went viral because not only was she praying for her son, she was also praying for the woman her son would one day marry. And I think it caught the hearts of so many parents because when we pray prayers, that make an impact. It stirs something within us. And that mom was praying a prayer of impact. That mom realized that prayer has power. Prayer has power. There's a quote by Pastor Mark Batterson. He's an Assembly of God pastor. And this is what he says. Prayer turns ordinary parents into prophets that shape the destinies of their children, grandchildren, 
and generations to come. Parents, in just a moment, you're going to come forward with your children. And you're going to dedicate them to the Lord. And I pray that as you pray with them and pray for them, that you will pray prophetic prayers. That you'll say, God, as they step into school, you'll protect them. And that as they begin to grow up, that they will, at a very young age, make a decision to let Jesus be the Lord of their life. And then I want to challenge you to pray that God would would work in their heart, that they would have a sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. And that as they step into middle school and high school, that they will make healthy friendship choices and that God will guard their mind and their heart as they journey through school. And then as they step into adulthood, that they will make choices either in their job or educationally in a way that honors the Lord. And that someday they will meet somebody who loves Jesus, who loves Jesus, and they'll get married and raise their children. And then they will say, as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. This tells us, God's word tells us that our prayers can be prophetic. I want you to pray prophetic prayers. But that requires us to be fully devoted to God. Fully devoted to God. God loves your children. And he's got a plan and a purpose for them. And I'm reminded, I'm reminded of something that I read in the Lord's Prayer. This is what it says. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We get the privilege of praying those prayers and saying, God, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth in the lives of my family, in the lives of my children, in the lives of my grandchildren, in the lives of generations to come. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it already has been ordained in heaven. We can pray that prayer. God has given us the spiritual authority to do that. Jesus spoke those words. And no truer words have been spoken. We can ask for God's will to be done in the lives of our children. At this time, I want to begin the process of inviting you parents to come and bring your children forward. I will call their names. And what I want you to do is come up to the front. We'll start at the center and then we'll work out to the sides. And when you come to stand, I want you to turn and face the congregation. William Robert Anderson. Adeline Gabrielle Flores. Aria Marie Gonzalez. Matthew Edward Guzman. Luke Ezekiel Hijar. Dylan Ryan Lachey. J. Ryan Lachey. Grayson Nathaniel Lugo. Skyler Evan Nicholas Lugo. Aerith Riley Mallon. Keen Mendoza Eliana Judah 
Olivares. Parents, you can turn and face the congregation. Kylie Gleason Pena. Nathaniel Marcel Perez. Jax Moreno. Esperando Estrada Quintanilla. Christian Ramirez. Jordan Ramirez. Calio Jovita Rivas. Nathaniel Anthony Rivas. Zamar Robinson. Camila Alessandra Saavedra. Adrian Taisagi. Nicholas Taisagi. And Noah Taisagi. Anaya Maite Williams. Camilo Richard Williams. And Derek Ryan Zapata. Parents, I want to invite you to turn around and face me for a moment. What you've received, what you've received from our team is a card. And this card, what we want you to do is we want you to take this to the kids' registration area. And at the kids' registration area, right after service, you'll get a Parenting with Purpose kit. You'll get something from us. But before we give it to you, we want to explain what we're giving to you tonight. First of all, we are going to provide you with a certificate commemorating this moment. This moment when you dedicated your children to the Lord. We're also going to give you an age-specific Bible. And the reason we're going to give them a Bible is because we believe that God's Word needs to be the foundation of their life. If our kids can get rooted and grounded in God's Word, hopefully they will follow Him forever. We want to root them. And when you get that Bible, what I invite you to do is go ahead and write their name in the Bible and put today's date so someday when they're older you can show them that this was the Bible that they were given on the day that they were dedicated to the Lord. You're also going to receive a letter from me. And in this letter is a letter to your child. We invite you to tuck this letter away. And at the age of 13, we want you to give them this letter as one of their gifts. In this letter, I tell them that you stood at an altar and you made a decision in your own heart to commit yourselves to the Lord and that you also made a decision to dedicate them to God as well. Also included in there is a verse, Psalm 139, 16, and I want to read it to you. This is what this verse says. To your child, your eyes saw my unformed body. This is God speaking. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. What this means 
is that God, from the beginning of time, had a plan for each of your children. A destiny, a divine destiny for that young boy and that young girl and that young man. I celebrate that. God deserves the glory for that. He ordained it before one of their days had even been lived. God knew what he had in store for them. And then I also include is a handkerchief with that same verse written on it, monogrammed in it. And the reason why we're giving you a handkerchief is this. There are going to be moments in your parenting experience when your kids break your heart. We pray that God would sustain them and keep them close. But every child, when they get older, has a choice to make about whether they're going to live to serve God or not. And there may become a time when, when your teenager or your young adult decides that they don't want the same values that you have. But this handkerchief, I want you to hold on to it. I want you to allow it to remind you that at this moment, you dedicated them to the Lord, that you made a decision that you were going to entrust them to God. And you'll use this to dry your tears. God loves you. God loves the children that you have, that you're holding in your hands. What a sacred gift. I want you to know that God has a plan and a purpose for them. Parents, moms, dads, guardians, we're glad that you're here. I want you to decide in your own heart that you're going to fully commit yourself to God. I know that you're here to dedicate them to the Lord, but I want you to begin by dedicating yourself to the Lord. It starts with us, parents. And if you happen to be a step-parent, or maybe you're a grandparent who's stepping in, if that's you, we're proud of you. We honor you. We celebrate you. Your willingness to step in and to step up makes a difference. And if you happen to be a single parent here tonight, I want you to know that we love you. You're important to us. We want to support you. We want to encourage you because God loves you and your children matter to us. So at this time, I want you to have your children in your hands. We're going to pray a prayer. And as I pray, I want you to commit yourself to the Lord and then commit your children to the Lord. Let's pray. Lord, we come to you in this sacred moment. I pray, Lord, that these parents will decide today to live like Cornelius and dedicate their life fully devoted to you. God, I pray that you would empower them through your Holy Spirit, that you'll give them divine wisdom and insight and guidance to be able to shepherd the children that you've entrusted to them. These children matter to you. And you've given us a sacred responsibility to shepherd them in the fear and the admonition of you, God. I pray that you would empower these parents through your Holy Spirit. May they be fully devoted to you, God. Let it be so. And God, I pray right now that these parents will pray prophetic prayers. I pray, Lord, that you put your hand of protection upon each of the children here from the day, from today on, every day of their life. May you protect them. God, I pray also that they will, that these young children will come to know you as Lord and Savior of, your, of their life. And that at a young age that they will make a decision 
to fully follow you and that you through your Holy Spirit will empower them that they will know the whisper of your voice. God, lead them in their path. Provide, provide guidance to your divine destiny. And Lord, allow them to someday meet someone who loves you so they can continue to say, as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Bless these children, Lord. Seal it in the name of Jesus. We cry out to you. We seek your heart and seek your face. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Yes, God deserves the praise. God deserves the glory. Parents, congratulations.